Welcome to the YPO Leadership Development Network's Leader of Leaders podcast series, hosted by Dr. Terrence Kamal. We engage in open discussions with our YPO members who share their leadership journeys, experiences, and lessons. We discuss everything from leading startups and family businesses to international multi-million dollar entities. We engage in informed discussions that include the successes, failures, struggles, and trade-offs in their journey. Hi, this is Terence Kummel. I have the great pleasure of being in the company of my good friend and the regional chair of YPO South Asia, Saurabh Goswami. Saurabh, thank you for making the time. And also, to begin this conversation, I'd love for you to be able to share with us about your family business and what it does. I'm part of a family business started by my father and built on with my twin brother. So my brother and I and my father, we are in the family business. I lead the marketing and finance operations of the business. It has been a fulfilling experience. And within that journey, came across peers who were already in YPO and they encouraged me to become a YPO member. That's how my YPO journey started. Wow. So, so tell me quickly, when, 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 if, if it's family focused and you know, you've got into the uh, part of a legacy business, if I could call it, what were the important next steps you took as when, when you got actively involved in the businesses? What were your first, first things to be done? So Terence, first part is that it's not really legacy business. This business was started when I was in, at 19 years of age by my father, who was a professional. So when he left his job, he asked both his boys whether they are interested to become part of a startup and entrepreneurship is what he was chasing. So we, we started the company along with our father. So it was, it was a journey that we kind of uh, held on along with him. And so it was not really a legacy business. I've been in the family business um, since I was 19 years old. So uh, that's what it is. Uh, what 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 motivated your father to start at that point, and what motivated you to join it? See, he was always an entrepreneur. He had uh, been an, a professional, then became an entrepreneur, lost his money. Uh, next time round, when the boys were old enough, he wanted to start again, be an entrepreneur. But the, uh, and the second time round, when we joined in, he wanted his family to be involved. So he had a very frank talk with his uh, children who are in college and he says, boys, I'm looking to again start a venture. Are you guys interested to be part of it? His energy and spirit was the compelling reason because of which we had no other uh, plans whatsoever but to support our father in what he was doing. So that's what made us all join hands together and start the enterprise. Sure. Tell me, what is your business do, sir? What did, what is your business involve? We are one of the world's largest digital ink manufacturer. These inks are used in industrial inkjet printers, the ones that you see in these uh, flex and vinyl signboards, any advertising campaign that you see all across the world. Yes, yeah. the ink that is used, we sell to the OEMs as also through our channel partners. We also make these industrial inkjets that are now used in things like tiles uh, and textiles and things there. So it's inkjet inks, but industrial inkjet inks. Wow. What, what did it take, Saurabh? I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed by what you tell me from a startup to, to where it is as a global leader. What does it take to, to start a family business to go from where it is to, to a global leading entity? Persistence, persistence, persistence. There is no silver bullet. There is no magic pill. I think it's not just for a family business or a startup or a professional going on to become an entrepreneur. It all boils down to whether you have what it takes to, to keep on doing what your dream is all about, to keep at it 
and uh, that's what makes uh, the difference between professionals and entrepreneurs entrepreneurs have the willpower and they have the uh, inner strength to continue working hard at their vision and dreams and you you falter a lot of times you think that the plan that you made is the perfect plan and when the time you're executing it uh, you fail miserably in that but then you uh, have to evolve around it and uh, start with something more uh, innovative within what you're trying to do Fantastic. So when you talk about some of those challenges, what, what are your biggest concerns at this point outside of COVID, but as a business practice, uh, is anything top of mind that takes your energy? We are at that position as a company side that we need talent. So, you know, we are neither small, nor very big. And when you come to that situation, the challenge lies with the fact is that you are not, you're not small enough that you can manage within a small team, but you're not large enough that you can attract the top talent. So it's a chicken versus egg situation for mid-sized companies that, you know, it's tough for them to attract talent because you're not large enough. But without talent, you really cannot become a large enough player. So that's what is the journey what we're on right now. Got you. And in terms of your personal ambition, where do you see the business going? From, from obviously multiple stakeholders involved in the family, what is your mm-hmm. ambition for the organization in the next 5, 10, 20 years? We are a as a family, we are uh, a perennially optimistic family. So not just pre-COVID, COVID and beyond. The whole objective is you have to find your own way. You have to figure out which markets you want to address. You've got to figure out which technologies you need to adapt. You need to figure out uh, sources of capital. You need to pivot into new lines. You need to expand into existing ones, JCNCs. So the attempt is always to continue striving for something new and different and take that necessary risk to scale uh, into bigger businesses. Fantastic. In terms of challenges, tell me something that you've dealt with recently that that's taken a lot of your energy. People, to be very honest with you, because we are a fairly process driven company in terms of raising capital, it's not been very difficult. Uh, access to technology also is not difficult, not just for us, our company, but pretty much all company because accessibility has increased. Awareness may not be, you have to continuously strive towards being more aware. But once you're aware of what your company needs, accessing that is not very difficult. But having that transition from a a size of a company that needs to grow, it is extremely difficult for the people that have been around with you, let's say 10 years, 20 years. They may be loyal, but their mindset has not changed to become a larger company. So that transition is extremely difficult that you know they're loyal, they're good people, but they just don't have it within them to truly innovate and evolve from what they are. Just as they say uh, that you need to be, a, there's a thing called peacetime general and a wartime general. So you could be a general, but you may not be good for a war or a wartime general may not be good for a peacetime uh, activity. So <laughs> yeah. that is where we see a huge problem in people transition. Okay. Makes it. And, and how, are you, how are you winning against that? How are you managing that, that innate challenge? So in most... Uh, most uh, B2B businesses, uh, while we have a lot of technology that we use within our company for our manufacturing processes, but the only way at some levels is trial and error. So you, you try, get a new team, uh, you set processes around it. Now some do well, some you realize you made a mistake and you improvise on that. And it's, it's a question of time, but you have to keep pushing at it. Makes, makes, makes sense. Tell me if, if there's anything that you would do differently. Obviously, they hindsight, say hindsight's twenty twenty. What 
what would you have done different in your journey? Is it linked to COVID, the question, or just generally? Not just generally in, in terms of going backwards, looking at your business. Mm. Well, if I had to look at doing things differently in 2020, I would have, uh, I would have had uh, spent some more time on researching some of the industries that we did take our efforts into. Uh, but then again, it's a double-edged sword that unless you get inside a business, you will never learn about it. But then again, uh, now that you look back and you do have spent some time and money on those businesses and you lose some money on, the, on those attempts, you hope that you had probably had done some more research on the subject matter. But on the other side, you know for a fact that you could have done as much research and unless and until you step inside that industry or that opportunity, you really never get to know what it's really all about. Exactly, exactly. In, in terms of your kids, what lessons do you want them to take from, from your journey in, in, in your career and work? One, they got to pursue what they really love. Absolutely. And it does not necessarily have to be linked. So every generation as it's progressing is bringing a sense of uh, independence to their children. So when we came into our father's business, it was in some ways that that is the only business that is going to help us all. But what I am trying to tell my children is that you may choose to pursue absolutely anything under the sun as long as you're very passionate about it. So what I've learned from my journey is that as long as you follow your passion, the results are going to come through. So the next generation is what my wife and I are trying to instill on the children. Yes, exactly. And leading on to that, what, what has been the impact of, of your work choice as a family business on your family versus some of our peers in professional appointments and other kind of businesses? Could, could you repeat that question? I didn't what, understand the content. What, what has been the effect of, of you choosing to be in a family business? How has that shaped and molded what you do as a family as opposed to you having potentially been a professional appointment and an outside organization? You know, I've been lucky enough to have a very supportive wife in terms of whatever we have done as a family, as, as an individual. So because there is harmony between my wife and I in terms of where we see where our future lies, um, both I mean, by my wife and the kids are fairly supportive exactly what I do. But because I've spent the next number of years uh, building a business, what I could have done better is focus more on what I love rather than focus more on what I think the market needs. So once you just follow what you feel you're good at and the company could uh, be good at, the results would be far better. So that's the only difference where I think the children need to follow what their heart tells them to do. Fantastic. In terms of giving advice to someone generally in the leadership space, what would, what would you give to, to someone at this point? Stop fearing. Stop fearing the fact that you're being judged. That is something that has really helped me in YPO. YPO is all about public leadership. Yeah. And it's a very difficult leadership because it's a leadership of equals. Everyone in YPO, irrespective of the chapter or the region, is at the end of the day an equal in YPO. And when you're trying to lead YPO, you cannot dictate, you cannot do things that are not necessarily what you think is best. That concern that you would be looked at a way that you are trying to be, uh, you're not taking their feelings, your, their expectations along the way, always bears on a YPO leader's mind. But if you follow your heart and you do in the, in the greater good for all, 
you realize the fact that in public leadership, there is always going to be moments that you will not be able to be please everyone. So one thing I would 100% share that it's the greatest thing to be a champion. Step out of your comfort zone, raise your hand, become an officer, become a champion. It has its uh, emotional pitfalls, but you come out of it much stronger because you realize that's the only way public leadership expects you to be. Exactly. Exactly. And on the topic of, of being a YPO and, and a leader in, in, in many respects, give me an example or two where you've created or found great value by being a YPO member in your personal or business journey. You know, any leadership, whether you're leading your chapter XCOM, whether you're leading the regional XCOM, whether you are setting an example for your chapter or the region, it all boils down to individuals. We are a collation of individuals. We are not a team. We are individuals who have individual aspirations, which leads to our collective needs as a society. What needs to be done is that you, if you are taking up the mantle of leadership, you got to address as much as possible individual needs. It boils down to you being a human first. Then what I have successfully realized, and I've been saying this all along my journey as a leader, that Nobody remembers who's the finance officer, learning officer, chapter chair, regional chair. Everybody will remember the person. Years later, when nobody will remember that what position I enjoyed at what point of time, but when they either read about me, they listen into me or they meet me, they will remember the person I am. And therein lies the necessity that you treat everyone in all fairness, without any judgment. And you do go out of the way wherever possible to help them either in their businesses or in their personal needs. And that I would say is the hallmark of absolutely wonderful results coming out. And I've had some phenomenal experiences, whether at my chapter level and at the regional level, whereby we have been friends and we have uh, stuck together like a forum uh, and we truly enjoy working with each other. So if you're being fair and you're being a friend first, more than an officer, uh, not just within your teams, but membership at large. I think it just does wonders. Yeah. yeah. I know when we met briefly, it, it was in Cape Town, right? We met around GLC. And it, yeah, it gave us that, that quick intro. I, you know, I remember we met through Amit and it was, it was a very social time. But that created the relation. But it wasn't that Saurabh was incoming regional chair or Saurabh would, or, or who was what at that point. It was new acquaintances who then became you know, good friends through just having a good time and being able to socialize. And at that point, you make up your mind, do I want to hang out with this guy or not? And that evolves into something else, right? And see, the thing is, even if you look at our own chapters or our own regional leadership, if somebody had to ask me right now, even though I'm a very passionate YP member, who was the learning officer five years ago or who was the ex-officer, you just can't remember. But if somebody had to say, what's your opinion about Terence and what's your opinion about Amit and what's your opinion about Tassos, what you feel about the individual immediately comes out. You don't need to remember what position they held, but you know exactly what you feel about the personality. And that, I believe, is at the bane of exactly what we should be doing. We're humans first, officers much later. Exactly. And for, 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 for YPO peers who have been running up on, on leadership, what would be your advice, not just for seasoned YPOs, and we have many of our amazing peers with us, but many newer YPOs who are joining in and, you know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm new, but newish, if in conversation with our peers, what advice would you give to the newer members who've joined within the last year or so and are still trying to find their feet? Once, uh, as I mentioned, that they should not feel uh, 
scared about you know being judged or feel that they will be questioned they would be made fun of this is the this is the most uh, apt organization and a platform for you to try what you want to try in terms of a business in terms of your personal choices in terms of creating networks one step out of the comfort zone two do exactly what you feel the, the organization gives immense number of opportunities and platforms to be able to do what you want to feel like whether you don't want to be an officer or you just want to be a champion of a single event whether you want to champion multiple events the the even if you're looking at uh, a champion you can champion anything that is close to your heart the organization supports you in many forms so there is enough opportunities out there to truly and i really and in my journey like you something i really uh, feel attached to is this whole concept of lifelong learning and over the years i've met some wonderful officers mentors peers who explained to me the concept of lifelong learning is that you do not need to come into the organization assuming that you know everything in your entire journey of ipo that's exactly what you do you keep learning new things and i would tell anyone who is new newish is that it's a great journey but you can only take advantage of this journey if you get on to the journey and step out of the comfort zone mm-hmm. of your forum or even your chapter and say i'm going to champion i'm going to raise my hand to becoming an officer yeah fantastic so thank you so much for that and i look forward to engaging with you soon and in other discussions as as we evolve both in the leadership development network and in and in the broader ypo sure thanks wonderful chatting up with you my friend thank you stay in stay safe my love to everyone at home and you and you thank you for joining us in the next show we share more insights and discussions with members in the ypo leadership development network's leader of leaders podcast series